This is To The Point. A Rhino experience. Voted one of the top home services marketing and operations podcasts. Cutting through the bullshit and getting to the point. What's up, To The Point listeners? It's your boy, your host of To The Point Home Services podcast, Mr. Chris Defer Lee Yano. I don't think I've ever shared my entire name until just now. So there you have it. Along with my co-host, Mr. One Tom, word? Paul Remen. What? Is that one word, Christopher Lee? Hey, don't ever interrupt me on an introduction again, okay? Come on, <laughs> that, man. That's what it sounded like. Christopher Lee Yano is my birth name. Now we know. What's your full birth name, Paul Redman? It's Paul Jacob. Uh, unlike you, my middle name is not gender neutral. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I do want to call something out because something feels different in the studio today. And I want to make sure this is a real episode and not an intervention. Oh boy. Because there are times where for whatever reason, my, um, I don't know, your perception of my masculinity is, I don't know, fodder for the show and for the listeners. Not really perception, but okay. I just want to make sure that as we dive into this today with our guests, that this isn't some setup and just us. Are we recording? Producer Kyle, is this mic hot? (laughs) Unfortunately, yes. (laughs) Okay, it is. (laughs) Well, uh, we really appreciate that, Paul. That was super informative. Um, Thanks for wasting at least 30 seconds of our listeners' time. Hey, by the way, listeners, we certainly appreciate you tuning in week after week and putting up with Paul's crap. Uh, See, here we go. Yeah, here we go. So, um, yeah, so listen, you you guys know where we stand, too. We're always trying to bring value to you, and uh, not always within the industry, but also sometimes outside of the industry because, you know, there's a lot of uh, key leaders in the industry that have been on this podcast who talk about bringing in leadership from outside the trades and the value that's had to them uh, had to them as a company. And so, you know, when we're planning out our guests for the year, um, sometimes people just pop up or you get introduced and that's kind of what happened with our guests. It's on today. And I'm super grateful because after like a, a hour long phone call with him, I was like, absolutely. Let's get him on. I like what he's done. And so I'm going to roll right into it. Paul, are you ready? I am ready. Are you sure? I am sure. Okay. Yeah. You don't look real sure. I, were you, you asked me the same question twice. I was just double checking. No, it's fine. I'm, I'm actually looking at the notes because I don't know how you're going to tee this person up. I mean, some of these accolades are pretty incredible, and there's one specifically I want to hear about. But go ahead and introduce our guest, and we'll get into it. Sure. Okie dokie. So Eric Regal is a host of Warriors, Lovers, Kings, and Heroes podcast, which, by the way, it's badass, so we, Paul and I both listen to it. Yep. Um, sought after corporate speaker, best-selling author, mind you. Paul, you're not one of those. Um, have you have you ever yeah. even considered writing a book? Paul? I have about you. It's gonna be a it's gonna be fascinating. <laughs> Is it gonna be about your heroes? <laughs> okay. Uh, listen, this guy is one of the uh, is a great inspirational leader, and actually, you've worked with quite a bit of uh, of leaders from across the gamut of different types of companies too. And I went through your your website, Eric, and I was looking at some of the um, testimonials that people had left for you. That's got to feel pretty damn good, man. Like there was one dude that said that he that he's just gonna sleep outside the next uh, the next place that you're gonna have a, a a conference at and just wait for you to wake him up because he's ready. Like that's pretty complimentary, <laughs> man, of whatever you got to roll out. So I'm excited to have your mindset in this, and um, you know, from our discussions, I don't want to to ruin it because uh, we're gonna go through it in good detail. But I want you all listening to uh, keep your mind open here because 
a lot of times you can learn a ton of stuff that might be different than your competitor in a market. And sometimes it starts within your own head That's right. and, uh, and you got to get right. Right, Paul. That's so right. without further ado, Mr. Eric Rigel, welcome to the podcast, my friend. Hey guys, what's going on? Listen, I, I'm, I'm really appreciative. You got me on. I'm honored to be here. It's, uh, I'm looking forward to this, man. I think it's going to be exciting. Dude, you did a, well, one, you're welcome. I'm glad to have you on you. I saw on there, you uh, did, you did a documentary. Now I'm working on one right now. Cool. Yeah, actually. What's uh, it about? I'm working on a documentary. As a matter of fact, um, uh, yesterday I had some conversation on it. A little more conversation tomorrow. It's being shopped right now. Cool. But it is a, it's a documentary, um, well, tentatively titled Making Men. And it's about masculinity in our society right now and how we make men and how you become the man that you are and the journey that you take along the way. We really need to get Paul to sign up for whatever that is. You see why I had to do the disclaimer when this first started? Because I knew this would be to me. Yeah. So, and, and we're welcome to dive into that, Chris, and, and examine Eric's definition of masculinity versus yours, because I think there's a difference. But um, tell us a little bit about your journey. You mentioned journey, and I'm reading yeah. your kind of bio here. And goodness, you've done a lot of really, really remarkable things. So tell us your story, yeah. Eric. Yeah. So, you know, I, I guess I'll start at the end and then go back to the beginning because I want to make sure that it's, you know, it's, it's relevant to the guys that are listening. So for me, you know, where I kind of came across all of this, you know, I have a wide and varied uh, background. Like you guys said, I've done some really crazy things. And most of those things were done as a journalist. I was a journalist for a long time. I, I wrote for Discovery Channel. I was a featured writer for Discovery Channel for their website. And I wrote for a lot of the major men's magazines that are out there. And Traveled around the world. I mean, part of my my gig was I did gear and gadget reviews. I did auto reviews. So I got to test drive all the new cars. I did um, food and spirits. So I did crazy things. Like I got to go to Wacken Open Air in Germany and drink Jägermeister while suspended 150 feet over a heavy metal festival hanging by a cable. So that was um, kind of interesting. That sounds and, good to me. Um, you know, and... and I also did adventure travel. So I did a whole bunch of that kind of stuff, but that's where I am now. And, I, and along my journey, I've been everything from, I told you guys, you know, I used to install tile and carpet cleaning and did crown molding. And so I kind of get part of, you know, what your audience is doing. And, and yeah. I was a martial arts instructor for a long time and I was a chef and worked in restaurants for a while and then got into journalism because of all of my background. But I started very, very differently. And, you know, this is kind of where my journey begins is I was raised by a single mom. So dad was around, but he wasn't really around. He didn't kind of help in the raising and mom's the one who raised me and, and mom was awesome and I love her to death. So anything that I say is not a negative or a knock on mom. I actually am incredibly appreciative for how she raised me because it got me to where I am now. Shout out to the moms. Shout out to all the moms. And, um, but she raised me in fear. She raised me to be anxious and afraid. You know, my joke is that she raised me like a veal, right? She raised me to be soft and tender. I wasn't allowed to get bumped or bruised or any of that kind of stuff. So that's kind of how I grew up. And, and, and growing up, I was like, man, this just doesn't fucking, this doesn't feel right. Yeah. There's just, you know, I, this doesn't feel like me. And, and I wanted to play sports and I wanted to, do martial arts. And I want to do all those things. And mom was always like, no, you're going to get hurt. And things like, you know, my poor little baby is going to get damaged and all of this. And so, you know, like I said, I, I went on this journey to find my own uh, masculinity, my own path, my own, am I a man? That was really a question that I asked myself. And, 
when I got to college, I started doing martial arts and I realized, wow, I'm really, I'm really good at this. And I was breaking bones. I broke my nose three times, four ribs, my wrist, fingers. I mean, everything. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And I was like, why do I love this so much? Why is this challenge? Why is this bumps and bruises and battle scars and all of these things? Why do I love that so much? And I realized, you know, and I went back to my quiet childhood of sitting in the corner reading, right? It was always, no, Eric, don't go run around in the neighborhood with the other boys. Go sit in the corner and read. And I would read, you know, stories that to me were exciting because I wanted that adventure. And I would read comic books and I would read, you know, science fiction stuff. And I loved Star Wars and Lord of the Rings and all of those. And like, why do I love this so much? And what I discovered after becoming a journalist and kind of going through my own journey, we can get into that deeper guys, if you want to. Mm -hmm. And Chris, I know you're going to want to talk about Paul's journey to, to manhood. There's not one. It's a very short yes. chapter. <laughs> but when I, when I got into, you know, journalism, I started interviewing a lot of very successful men, right? I started interviewing celebrities and athletes and, you know, musicians and military veterans and entrepreneurs and CEOs and all of these guys. And what I started to see was, well, shit, there, there's a lot of commonality there. You know, their story is my story. It's a very similar, you know, kind of path. Starting out somewhere they didn't want to be, having to push through all these challenges, facing, you know, self-doubt, failure, you know, getting the battle scars, moving forward, finding your purpose in life, finding passion and love and purpose and then becoming who it was you wanted to be. And so I really looked at this and I said, well, how can I break this down? And you guys mentioned, you know, my podcast at the beginning is called, you know, warriors, lovers, kings, and heroes. And those are really the four archetypes that I looked at and said, you know, an archetype just meaning, you know, an embodiment of something, an example of something. And when I really looked at it, I went, wow, this is really like what I call the software of our soul. This is why it hit me so hard. This is why Chris, when you and I got on the phone, had that hour long conversation, it hit you so hard is because, well, shit, it's all of our story, right? Um, you know, we, we, we go through these archetypes in our life. We start out as the warrior. We've got to, you know, that's our drive. That's our ambition. That's our, um, you know, courage, all of these things that move us forward and, and get us into these challenges that we face. And especially, you know, for you guys listening that are, that are business owners, you know, this story, you know, that like had an idea, had a desire to do something, started the business and then may have run up against challenges and failures and missteps and all of that shit. And then got past them and got better at getting past them. This is what makes us the warrior. I'm going to, I'm going to step then, in for just a go second. Ahead, go real ahead, quick. Jump in. Yeah. So in, uh, in fall, all of our, um, and you know, I had a good conversation about this too, but for all of our, we have some badass women that listen mm. to this podcast who run some awesome companies and work for some awesome companies. So part of the conversation was, even though Eric is going down the path with men is we had a very specific conversation on this is clearly these principles are applicable across the board. And I, and I, I know that, uh, Paul, would really love me to make sure that the women knew about that on this podcast. So I wanted to make sure I put that in there. That's right. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Chris, you know, appreciate you bringing that back up because you know, when I do this with, with companies, you know, they'll have me come in and, and, and kind of work with their leaders on this. It is warrior lover, King queen 
right. hero. So we, we bring him in, and, and I, like I mentioned on our call, women really, really take to this and love this because it's it's a really natural and intuitive way of being a leader without having to come across as you know bitchy or bossy yeah. or weak or any of these. It works, yeah, across both. And women, hey, listen, are amazing warriors. <laughs> I mean, you've got this in you as well. You know, yeah. warrior. We're talking about you know courage and leadership and and being bold and decisive and all of those things that's universal that's not male or female yeah that's universal so yeah i appreciate you bringing that up yeah i didn't mean to cut um, you off there by the way but i didn't want to jack up your flow no man <laughs> no it's good because it all adds to it right so now we're in the warrior we got that but the thing that i realized is that you can't just be warrior all the time right then you're just in berserker mode you're in barbarian mode you're just slashing and burning and moving and doing. And <laughs> that's you, Chris. That's me, man. I'm trying. That yeah. is Chris. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're on, but the, but the thing that really makes this work and what I found, and, and so let me just kind of take a sidestep for a second. A lot of this comes from, and if it sounds familiar to you, it's because again, this is in every story, great man named Joseph Campbell wrote the book, the power of myth did a great PBS series with Bill Moyers on myth He's, he's where we get this the phrase we hear over and over again, the hero's journey. Yeah. And this is all part of that hero's journey. There's In his, there's like 12 or more archetypes that we flow through. I kind of made it easy and broke it down. So we go from the warrior, and then the next thing is, you know, from being on and on and on, is the lover side, the heart side. Now, this is the one that's tough for a lot of us, especially men, right? Now, for me, having been raised that way, once I tapped into warrior, I'm like, no, screw it. I'm not going back to this side. I fought really hard to get over here. I don't want to go back. But it's not weak or feminine or any of that kind of stuff. What we get in this lover archetype is wisdom, support, empathy, compassion, um, creativity, inspiration, all of these things that make whatever it is that we're building and look at your own business. So you got that warrior going, right, Chris, I'm talking to you now. Yep. So you got that warrior going, you're on and you're just driving. If you keep driving, when does everything come in and make it grow and flourish, right? You need that side to make stuff grow and flourish. That's where that heart centered stuff, the lover part comes in. You can't have one without the other. And I realized this and look at every great story, right? The hero of the story goes through these challenges, taps into their warrior, goes through. And at some point on the story, they either fall in love or they find their purpose and passion or they realize they're doing this for others. And when you can really integrate the warrior side and your lover side, that's when you become the king or the queen, for the ladies that are listening. But that's really the king. It's not someone who's entitled or bossy or, you know, Hey, I own the company. So you got to fucking listen to me. Yeah. Right. It is true. Leadership is the King. You have that warrior side that people respect and admire and honor. You have that drive and that ambition and all of that courage and boldness that got you to where you are, but you're following that up with that. I've got a passion and a purpose and I, you know, the wisdom, cause I want to guide the people that are working with me and for me. And all of that kind of stuff. That's what makes the king. Now, when you get past that, and I'll just do this real quick, because I know Chris, you probably want to ask a bunch of questions. Yeah, I know this. Paul does too. I can tell. Yeah. When, when we get past that and you drop doing for yourself and you start doing for others. So when you start making other kings and queens 
guiding them, teaching them, mentoring them, empowering them, that's when you become the hero. So that's really that's the breakdown of the warrior, lover, king, queen, hero for you guys. And now we can just dive in and go into anything, you practical use for this, how to use it in your business, your home, all of it. Sure. Yeah. Paul, go first. Yeah. Buddy. Oh my gosh. So much to talk about. So it's a progression, not like different personality types and different personas, right? Well, it's a yes and no. So buddy, that's a okay. great, great question. So the thing is, it's not linear. I'll just say like, you don't yep. become the warrior, go into love or become the king. And then you stop doing this. It's always a back and forth. So it's a balance yeah. between your warrior and your lover. And look, I also use the term heart instead of lover, because look, if you look at Braveheart, I always tell everybody, this is a great way to remember this, Braveheart, both sides, brave, the courage, the boldness, all of it and the heart, the passion, the love for his country, everyone around him. So Braveheart. So you think of it, William it's Wallace. both, and we do go back and forth all the time. And that's what really makes us, it's that balance between and you may jump into hero at one point in your life and go back to king boom, boom boom you need to tap into your warrior a little more to get maybe like a new initiative started at work or you know handle some employees that are difficult and then go back into you know king and hero hey would you say that being a good um heart guy or lover can mm. also make you a stronger warrior oh a hundred percent right absolutely you know what and i have a great great story on that if you guys want to hear it because this is something that really, when I started doing this, and again, like I said, because I was raised soft, once I was able to tap into my beast, tap into that warrior side of myself, it felt natural and real to me as a man. And I didn't want to go back to that. And I'm like, nah, I just don't want to like, you know, it's almost that feeling like if I put a toe in the water, man, I'm just going to dive in. I don't want to go there. And the story that I heard and that I did when I was doing the research on all this and, and one thing I want to stress is that a lot of this, you know, all of this is not theory, guys. This is stuff that I've been using with clients for, you know, almost a decade. This is like proven stuff here that it works. And, and you can look at it in your own life and your own story. And you know that you feel this because it's, it's our own inner truth. But samurai, right? Paul, you know samurai? I do. Yeah. So samurai were great, what? Warriors. They were like the ideal warrior. And I was looking at ideal warrior archetypes and samurai came up. One of the things that I found when I was researching samurai was there were two things that all samurai had to be expert in, in order for them to be considered a true samurai. Now, one was obviously swordsmanship, battle, fighting the warrior side. The other thing that they had to prove expertise in was something called ikebana. And if you've never heard of this, because I never had, but ikebana is the Japanese art of flower arranging. So they had to be experts at flower arranging. So why do you think that was? Chris knows because we had this conversation. So Paul, I'm going to ask you, why did they have to do that? I don't know. No. I mean, I have a guess. Would you like to hear my guess? Yeah. Hey, tell me your guess. Let's, let's so these are, these are warriors and they've mm -hmm. got to be prepared for battle. And in battle, there's casualties. And perhaps mm -hmm. part of honoring a casualty is like the arrangement of flowers at a, you know, memorial site or something. That's my guess. Yeah, that's an excellent guess, man. I hadn't thought of that, but yeah, but that, that is that a really wrong. good guess. Well, there's there's two reasons. One of them is close. Actually, I thought you were going down this one path. Yeah. Because the, the first part is, yeah, you know, the samurai, they they one of their, their tenets was they would meditate on their death and dying every day, mm -hmm. right? Always meditate on your death and you're never afraid of it. So with these flowers and these making these arrangements, flowers die quickly. So whatever it was, it was about the impermanence of this and accepting the death 
of what they were doing. That was the first part. Second part was what we're talking about. They believed, and if you look at like the yin and yang in, in Asian cultures, right? It's that balance of both sides, masculine, feminine, animal, angel, right? Um, spiritual and sinner and whatever you want to look at. There's light, dark, there's always that balance. So for them, this was balancing out that extreme warrior side that they had going with the lover side. Yep. They were tapping into that because it kept them from becoming a barbarian. And they had to have that lover side because they were, you know, they revered the emperor that they served, right? As, as amazing warriors as they were, they served an emperor. And they had love for that emperor. They had love for their country. They had love for everything. So it was that balance. And when I looked at that, I went, all right, it's okay. And I understood that the more I tapped into my warrior, the more I could tap into my lover side. And that balance is what makes king queen and what makes everything around you flow. SmartAC.com, SmartAC.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. SmartAC.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. Yeah, and I think that it can be, the lover side can be looked at by some who I don't think quite have it figured out yet. This is, again, my assumption. can be mm. looked at as a weakness when I think it's actually a strength. Um, empathy, in my opinion, is a strength. Uh, being vulnerable enough to be uh, honest, good or bad, is a strength. Um, and those would be considered in the lover you know, on the lover side of things, but that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, I think that, and, and Paul will tell you as much as I bust his chops, listen, I'm a dude that will cry. If I feel proud of somebody, right? Like I'm not going to have tears flowing down my face, but my eyes water because I am a compassionate guy. I'm an empathetic guy. And, uh, but I believe those are the things that have made me be a better warrior because yes, I am uh, headstrong on what I want to do. Um, but I also care about who, who and why I'm doing those things and who I'm doing it with and how they, you know, how it's affecting them too. So I'm interested, you know, when we were talking about this when I'm glad Paul asked the question on, is it a progression? Because it kind of seemed like that at first to me, like it was, this was like a defined path that you went on. And um, I'm starting to see now like how it's not, but I'm curious because I don't ever see my, like right now, I don't see myself as a king and a hero because I'm stuck in warrior and lover land. <laughs> And, uh, yeah. and I'm okay well, with well, look that. at it this way, Chris. If you can actually, if you can see the fact that you're in warrior and lover, then, then you're in your king archetype, right? Because you're looking at both sides of yourself. And when you can integrate those both sides, like you just said, like, you know, you, you've built a, a, an incredible business, right? And, and a lot of the, 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 the people listening have, have great businesses and they've built them. And when you look back, do you have appreciation for what you've done? Can you honor the people that worked for you and like, just be in awe of the people that have, that work in your company and help made it grow and and what it's become. Absolutely, at some level, every single day. Correct. So you're tapping into both, right? So you're in the warrior yep. side because you're grinding every day, right? I shouldn't even say grinding; it makes it sound negative. You're right. you're driving forward every day. You've got that ambition. You've got that drive. You've got the vision, right? The warrior has to be the visionary. Put everything perspective but you also have that appreciation and can understand the people that are helping you along the way and like you said you can get emotional I, I call it emotional 
when you know, like, yeah, I get choked up sometimes yep. I'll be interviewing guys on my podcast and they'll, they'll break down. I had a guy just do it on um, the other day. Interviewed, I interviewed a guy who went to prison for five and a half years. He was talking about his daughter's birthday and he was starting to really choke up on the, on the interview. And I can feel that. Yeah. And to be okay. That's the thing guys. It's okay to be in awe of other people and appreciate the ones that are around you having that. I can tap into my warrior. I can tap into my heart side. That's where you become king and queen. So you're definitely stepping into that, Chris. 100%. Yeah. We had a guy on, um, was that last week Paul Mario was on? A couple weeks, yeah. It was a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, who came on who was, you know, in prison for, and he was from Southern California and like was just ran the bad crowd and was like, did all the shit wrong you you could do and felt like, hey, man, in, in his world, in his circle, life was over at 18. So they had to do whatever wow. they could. Goes to prison, comes out, and now runs this ridiculously ridiculously successful electrical uh, company in L.A. Um, and he broke down. Remember, Paul, talking about, like, taking him back through his journey? Yeah, and it was it was interesting because, you know, everything in that moment in his story boiled down to he had gotten out of jail and someone told him he was doing a good job digging a ditch. Yep. And that moment of someone believing in him and investing in him made him look at himself differently, and then he became a warrior, and he's absolutely a warrior. I want to talk a little bit about your personal mission. I think this is a, we could talk forever about these different mm-hmm. archetypes, and I think we will some more, but I want to hear your mission is to help men, people, leaders step into their greatness as leaders, mm-hmm. as husbands, as fathers. What's that process look like? Well, there's a few things. One, it's understanding these four archetypes, right? And I think you can feel this now, guys, just listening. When you understand these four and how they operate together, when you can deliberately step into each one of them, right? Like, you, you know, you know, okay, I'm in my, I need to be in my warrior right now. And I need to, and I can, I can give you some practical stuff in a minute here, but I'm, I'm in my warrior right now. And I know I need to support that with the lover, the heart side, because that's the king. So I need to be king in this yeah. instance. And then hero, I need to, you know, help those that are around me make kings and queens of my organization and get them going. And I do that, you know, working one-on-one. I mean, I have an, uh, you know, an event coming up next month uh, in March, where I'm taking a select group of men. Sorry, ladies that are listening. This is a men's only thing. It's about building brotherhood because so many of us, and Chris, you and I had this conversation, so many men, you know, we're so busy working and driving and we're married. So, you know, we're, we're with our families and and we don't take the time to build those connections with other men. And, and when we're all operating in King and can step into our warrior and lover, we can build this brotherhood together of very successful men who are there to support each other, drive each other forward, hold each other accountable, um, you know, and move everybody together. So I do things like that. So that event's coming up. That's a three day intensive with me. And like I said, eight to 10 men, that's it. I only do eight to 10 at a time, build that bond, build that brotherhood, get you to step into your King and hero and how to do it. Right. When I work with companies, if I come into a, a company, like, like say the ones that, that are owned by the the people who are listening. Uh, normally I would work with the leadership first, you know, who are your managers? Who are, who are people that are running teams? Could also be salespeople. Who are the ones that are having, you know, contact with your customers. And then I'll show them the warrior, lover, king, hero, king, queen, king, you know, uh, hero pathway and archetypes. And, and we'll get into this because I know Chris said you wanted to talk about this, the sacred seven core values, because how, unbelievably critical having core values for yourself as a leader and for your company is. And we go through those and I teach them like I can do here in a minute, 
really practical ways to use this. Because I know a lot of guys say, well, great, Eric, I get it. I can step into my king. I, I know my warrior side really well. Okay, great. Thanks for telling me about the lover. I can do that. But how does it work in practicality? Right. How do I put this into play? How does it make me more money in my business? That's yep. what I really want to know. Yep. And I work with you on, I work with them on that. So we'll, we'll go into, and I can, you know, give you a couple of those today too. Yeah, what's, that's what's, really how it works, Paul. So yeah. what's a couple examples in real quick, if you could give us like, a, mm. if you did that, say, cause you know, most of our listeners are HVAC, plumbing, electrical, like home services mm-hmm. stuff. What's an example of if you walk into their business? One, I mean, I understand where this, where you're. Um, I understand the purpose of this, and mm. you got to get their mind right. Um, and then it's also, I think, there's a layer of accountability in this, which is what's good about having the groups, right? Because then mm-hmm. everybody can kind of hold each other accountable. But give a couple examples of of how it works if you step into the, this business. And then if we could, if you could piggyback on that, maybe mm. an example of who a king or queen, um, you know, would be in a company or even a hero yeah. in a company. Is that does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. So I'll, I'll, I'll break this down real quick and we'll, and we'll, we'll keep it simple, simple, right? Cause that's what I'm really all about. That's why I broke it down into warrior, lover, king, hero. I want to keep it simple and things that we can understand and implement immediately. So I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, one example would be how you would handle people in your company. So in other words, any, any leader, any manager in your company, how they can communicate with people on their team, or, you know, or, you know, uh, peers that are on the same level. So it's like inner, inner office communication. Now I want to, in case I forget to mention this, I, I want to make sure that I mention that it's, it works at home as well. So we talk about getting your mind right. Look, if yep. you guys highly successful business, you're running all day long and then you come home and your home life is suffering because of it. This will help that as well. Yeah. Cause that- you'll see where I'm going here in a second. Okay. So, um, Paul, I'm going to, I'm going to pick on you. Cause it, it sure. seems like Chris does that. So I'm just jumping on. It's, so, it's natural in our listeners. I'm, <laughs> so I'm going to use you as my example. So let's just say this is, you know, we're coworkers, right? Yep. Or I own the company. You work with me. I need you to do something. And I say to you, Paul, listen, you know, that project we're working on. I need that thing by Monday. And then just say, this is a Friday afternoon, right? I need that thing by Monday. And uh, I know you're going to have to work over the weekend on this, but you know what? I don't care. It's got to get done. So if it's not on my desk Monday morning, I'm going to have to let you go. So get it to me Monday. How's that feel? Not very good. Tell me why. Uh, I'll actually tell you a story too. I had a leader say that to me once, um, yeah. not, not threatening to fire me, but um, it was a group project and the coworker who I was working with, his name's Tom Britton. He's a listener. And the person looked at him and said, yeah, I know there's soccer this weekend. They have Wi-Fi at the soccer fields. Mm-hmm. So no, it does not make you feel good. And at that point, you've got a choice to make, right? So the choice isn't, um, am I going to, you know, honor him or honor my wife or the soccer game? The choice is I've got a family to support, right? Mm-hmm. I need this job. Now this person has leverage on me. That's, those are difficult decisions I've had to make them. We've all, we all have. Right. And, so, and yeah. the feel on it is this is shitty, yeah. right? I mean, yeah, it's awful. I, I get it. It's shitty. I'm going to give you a, a second one. There's three. I'm going to give you, this is the second one real quick. I'm going to come to you and go, Paul, Oh man, Paul, we love you. You know, we love you, Paul. We love everything that you do. You're awesome here at the company and you know, all the stuff, all the work you put out is so great and you're awesome on the podcast, but you know, oh man, this just really sucks. This is terrible. But you know, that project you're working on, I I really, really need that on Monday and oh, it's so shitty, but you're gonna have to work over the weekend. I get it. But you know what? Uh, If it's not here on Monday, I'm gonna have to let you go, man. You're fired. So you're gonna have to do it. How's that feel? Um, you know, uh, is it okay if I turn it in Friday night? 
<laughs> yeah, much different story, right? That's um, yeah. Someone asks you to to give up something, right? Whole different story. Right. And I'm going to ask you: Does it feel like I was, you know, blowing smoke up your ass, or I was being patronizing? I know Chris is shaking his head. Yeah. You can't see that in a thing, but it's like a patronizing feel, right? Tell yeah. me, about Chris, what you're thinking. Yeah, man, it just kind of felt like you were setting me up. Like it, it was right. almost too over the top. On like, okay, I get it. Too much fluff. Like you need this done. Uh, but it's not as abrasive the way you just did it. Actually, it's like a little bit warmer, but yeah, it still kind of felt like you're patronizing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's where we get from that. And I, I call it the Lumberg effect. If you've seen Office Space, oh, yeah. remember Lumberg? Yeah. yeah. Bill Lumberg. Yeah, I'm going to need you to work yeah. on that. Yeah, so it's that kind of, it just feels very bullshit. So yeah. now, Paul, I'm going to give you one that's, you know, Tell me how this one feels. I'm so glad there's a third option too, by yeah, the way. <laughs> there's got to be a third option. Because right? I was okay with the second one. I was like, that's much better. <laughs> yeah, well, feel this one. Okay, so I came to you and I said, hey, Paul, how you doing? Listen, we've made a decision. The decision is that the project you're working on must be in Monday morning, first thing. Now, look, I understand this means you're going to have to work over the weekend. And I understand that's inconvenient. But here's what we're going to do. I'm going to make sure that everyone on your team is available over the weekend as well by, by, you know, cell text, you need anything, you contact them. I'm going to make myself available to you this weekend as well, because I understand how important this is. So you're not going to be alone in doing this. Um, and so we'll make sure you have the resources. We believe in you. We believe you can get this done. You understand the consequences. If it's not on Monday morning, we're not even going to get there. We're going to make sure you have what you need. Do you have any questions for me? Much better experience. So yeah, we're all why. in it together. Yeah, yeah, we're all in it together. Um, mm -hmm. I've got the support that I need. You believe in me. It's not patronizing. No, much better experience. Sure. Chris, what's your feel on that? Yeah, it's kind of the same thing. It almost feels like a now a we versus an I. Uh, mm -hmm. And if, it, if you view it as a problem, um, at least it's our problem together. And now it's a team type of feel. And yeah. so you've basically taken a, a, a problem that really truly is that person's problem, but you're bringing everybody into it to help them. And, and that's just teamwork, man. And I think that's anytime you're working with a team of people and it's a, like, it's a something you have to solve. At least it feels like you're not in it alone and it doesn't feel so abrasive. Right. So I'm going to break down the three of them for you real quick. So the first one that I did was all warrior. There was no heart behind it. There was no lover coming in on the backside. So what I always tell people is if you're coming from King queen, right? and you want to be that leader in the group or of your business or of whatever this is, the family, imagine giving your kids direction like that. Hey, just get it done. Right. There's just, it's all warrior side. I always tell them it's warrior first followed by lover. That's when it lands right again. It's, it's because it's all our story. This is just the story, the way we're used to being told stories. So the, the thing is on that one, it's a little bit from like a limiting warrior it's like a little overbearing a little aggressive and look i get it there are times that's that's necessary like you're on a job site and it's like you know get me that like right now because shit's happening right so i get that but when you're doing like a like a full thing just coming from the warrior and not supporting with the lover feels incomplete and it feels like something's being put upon us right can you feel that guys yep. yeah and can i ask a quick question i don't mean to interrupt yeah yeah <clears throat> um so as you're you're talking through this, it made me think: What if you're a what if you're a lover, and mm. you and you and you either aren't a warrior or you can't identify the warrior side of you? Like, what if you're a lover and you're like, man, 
a, what is a, what does adding being a warrior look like? Because the way you kind of like said it in that last time was super abrasive. And, and I get right. that was for that example. Uh, but it can come in uh, forms, I think of uh, perseverance drive, like all these yes. different things. But yes. so, so how does a lover start to embrace the, of the warrior side of things? That, that is an awesome uh, question because it's really what I had to do. Right. I mean, that's, that was like my end of the journey. And, <clears throat> you know, I have lists of these, by the way, guys, if anybody wants like, what are the warrior ideals and the warrior limiting? What are the lover ideals and the lover limiting? I give these out, you know, we can, at the end, you can tell them where Absolutely. to go and yep. get it. Yep. I'm happy to send them to you guys that I work with, put it, they, they print them out, put them over their computer so that when they're operating during the day, they're like, all right, so I need to get into my warrior. Here's what that looks like. Positive side of the warrior, limiting side of the warrior. I'll give you a few of them. And so the, you know, and this is when I work with, with women a lot, they're like, yeah, I don't know. Can I tap into my warrior and be authentic about it? Right. Feel real. Like I'm not forcing it. So here's some of the ideals that are, well, I'll give you some of the limiting ones first, because we can contrast them. So limiting is like bully, controlling, abusive, overbearing, inconsiderate, angry, stubborn. We can go to the other side, weak, like you're being a pussy, you're being a pushover, those kind of things. Can you guys feel like the weak side of that? Yep. Yeah. You're, yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the limiting side of warrior. And so we want to shift into the, what's the empowering side of warrior. So that's things like, you know, courageous or a maverick. Like a lot of times it's going against what people are saying or the, or the common thought, right? Maverick, uh, commanding, visionary, uh, bold, dynamic, decisive, successful guardian determined is, is a really Mm, big one. Um, unstoppable, ambitious. So when you really look at yourself, when you have some of these things in you and look, I've had men on my show who would, would not be considered quote unquote warriors, right? They were softer guys, grew up softer. Like I did. One of them was, um, Schwartz, Alan Schwartz. And he was the, he was nominated for a Pulitzer prize. He was a uh, New York times, uh, journalist, sports journalist. He worked for ESPN and he worked for the New York Times. He's the guy that broke the concussion problem in the NFL. Wow. He's the one that uncovered it. And he he did this because he was a mathematician and a statistician, not your typical warrior. Yeah, that's but a when he looked move. at the numbers, right? <laughs> he looked at the numbers and saw what was going on and saw that the NFL was lying about it. He started going after them. Now you got a multi-billion dollar corporation coming after one guy. And he fought them for three years, wrote 120 or 130 articles on this. And in the end, he won. They broke down and said, you're right. There is a problem with concussions. Here's what we're going to do about it. That is a fucking warrior, right? That is a guy who tapped into, he stood on his truth and he said, no, I'm not going to let this stand. And in the face of them trying to, you know, discredit him and, and, and call him things in the press and in public and his family was hurting because of it, all of this kind of stuff. That's a warrior. So now we all have that we can tap into. Yeah. Go ahead, Paul. Yeah. Question about that particular scenario. Yeah. How did he get the confidence to be a warrior in that scenario? Is it because he was backed by Kings? No, it was. And that's a great question. He tapped into his own. They're just wrong. Yeah. And I, I cannot, and he, and the other thing was I, as a statistician and mathematician am looking at their numbers and they're impossible. Mm-hmm. There's no way this can be the truth. 
So he said, I can't let this stand. People are getting injured. People are having, you know, you know, the CTE, the thing that, you know, the, the oh, thing yeah. that brain damage. Yep. He's seeing this happen at an alarming rate, you know, statistically almost impossible rate for it not to be related to concussions. And so for him, it was, and I think this happens with a lot of us, like, you know, we, we see women that somebody attacks their kids and they turn into like Wonder Woman. Right. <laughs> right. It's in that moment you make that decision. This has to happen. And that's what it was for him. And I think we all have that. You know, if your business is suffering or you really have a dream and a purpose and a vision for a business, you will find whatever you will tap into that beast that you have inside you to get that warrior moving forward. I know you will. I've seen it hundreds and hundreds of times. I love it. Go ahead, Paul. Oh, no, I was going to ask, you know, when you're working with people to describe some of those journeys, some more like kind of before and afters, I want to hear some of these, I mean, or, or just tell us more about your story. Like what was that pinpoint moment for you and when did it click? You know, I think for me, you know, talking my own story, it was going into college, my very first night in college and seeing a sign on the wall that said, you know, martial arts club or whatever it said. And I had wanted this, you know, my whole life. And now I was away from mama. I had moved away to go to college. I was on my own and it was decision for me. And now looking back, looking at warrior decision is a warrior trait. I made the decision. I'm going to do this, whether I get hurt or injured or, you know, I'm embarrassed or I'm not good at it. I'm doing this. And I did, and I was good at it. And I love the bumps and bruises. For most of the men that I've interviewed, and I interview mostly men. I mean, I've interviewed a lot of women too, but I'm going to just say this, you know, from, from the male standpoint, because sure. we talked about getting vulnerable. We talked about admitting mistakes and things almost to a man. When I asked them, what was the greatest turning point for you? They point to their most humiliating, horrifying, embarrassing failure as when they actually turned the corner and went straight forward into warrior yep. lover into king. So do you think, hero. was that, did they, now, hold on, let me ask on that. Did they recognize that outwardly too? Like, hey, and like, that's what helped get them past it? Or is this something like that, just what happened internally? They were like, this can't happen again. Or like, can you unpack that? For I, me? I think it's a little bit of both. I think, you know, time and distance gave them more, uh, you know, insight into what had happened and think you could think, look back and go wow man that really fucking sucked while i was going through it and i hated every minute of it but now i'm like shit i wouldn't trade that for anything you know yeah. I, I had a guy i'll give you an example he was a, a multi-millionaire had a um clothing business and something happened and he went into work one day and everything had been taken and he was broke and you know i won't get into the details you can listen to it on, on my podcast um, MJ Gottlieb is his name. So you can go look for that one. And he lost everything. And he was living in a car in his parents' front lawn. And he spent a year and a half cleaning toilets and mopping floors in a club. And the reason why he did that was because that was the club where a lot of his customers and big players used to go into to relax. And he figured I can actually, you know, get in contact with him. He put his ego aside and said, all right, I'm a janitor for a year and a half. Got back into it and made his money back. Right. And I, there's another guy who's um, his interview's not out yet, but I interviewed him. He was, I did a thing called the complete man summit last year. It was 36 experts on everything from business 
to finance, to health, to relationships, to, you know, inner mindset stuff. One of the guys on there, he's now number 60 on the Forbes top financial advisors in the country list. He's got just over $2 billion under uh, management right now. He was one of the rising stars at, I can't remember the name of the the brokerage. I want to say Merrill Lynch at 35, 36 years old. He was like the number three guy in the company, multimillionaire doing the whole thing, married kids, houses, cars. He will tell you he was a gigantic asshole. He was a huge egomaniac, gigantic asshole, never spent time with his family, did all these things, got a job offer from a company, quit Merrill Lynch, basically burned the bridges on the way out the door went to start for the new company. They lost their funding and he was now out of a job. Oh man. And Merrill decided to make an example of him. They took all, they took his team, hired his team back, took all of his clients. And he, the only place he could turn was, and his wife divorced him. So he lost everything. He said, I went from multimillionaire to broke basically overnight, took his two sons and they were living in an extended stay hotel because he had so many points on a credit card. He could pay for the room with points, didn't have the cash to pay for the room. Lived there for over a year and decided, I'm just going to knock on doors and do everything. Both of these men came to me when I said, you know, what was, you know, what got you to $2 billion under advisement? Brother, my back was against the wall. I had to feed myself and feed my sons. I was broken and humiliated and living in this hotel. The other guy, broken, humiliated, you know, living in a car, cleaning toilets. And it's what got me 10 times farther because it got me looking. I had a tap into my warrior, the financial advisor. He's like, he's so into his lover side now, which he wasn't. He was all warrior when he was working for Merrill before, right? Now he's tapped into lover appreciation for everything he's got. Awe of the people who work for him, honoring the people who are with him, all of it. That for him was the turning point. And I look back at my life and I'm sure you guys can do this while we're talking. Look at your own life. What of those things drove you forward faster? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, okay, Paul, you ready? No, no, please, Chris, go ahead. Okay, thank you. Um, so yep. I think a lot of people actually might've been in that position last year mm. um, with COVID. And, and what I hear you saying too is when you start talking about, about the uh, guy from Merrill Lynch, what it made me think of is, his back was against a wall and the he's an entrepreneur. He found out he's an entrepreneur. Like, cause it, I think in some instances it's kind of, you probably feel like an entrepreneur in that financial advisor position because you are kind of still going out and building your own book of business. Sure, but sure. in that instance, he had nothing, nothing to lose. Like, but except for he's running out of points and he didn't want his, you know, you know, kids and himself to be out on the street or whatever. So he went and knocked on doors. He did what he had to do. You say he tapped into his warrior. But mm-hmm. at that point in your life, the way it makes you feel, and I've been there, not in that type of scenario, but similar, um, you you have everything to gain as long as you just try that day and yeah. day after day. And so that's I've been in that situation. And I think last year yeah. during COVID, it exposed some of that for people, and their back was against the wall, and they had a decision sure. to make. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I'm going to go one step further on that too, because you're hundred percent right. And actually I wrote a piece that was all about, you know, with COVID, what's the opportunity? What'd you learn about yourself? Yeah. What, what lesson did you take? Because the one thing is the warrior, there's no victims in warrior mode. Like, you know, you know, he could have gone like victim, like, Oh, this happened. And oh, this yeah. happened. I'm going to curl up on the floor. My business sucks. I have no money. Oh, here. Yeah. 
And you know, listen, sometimes you got to do that for a little while, but no, you got to get back into that warrior and like, no, 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 screw this, man. I got to go forward. Yep. Right. Decision to move forward. So Paul, yeah. What were you going to say? Well, I was just thinking about the two men you described and thinking about other stories I've heard. And I've always felt that shame has a shelf life, Mm. right? The potency of shame has a shelf life. And the quicker you can get over being ashamed of your failures, Mm-hmm. the quicker you can move toward, right, that hero journey. Sure, look for um, the opportunity, wanna, man. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, once you're okay, like, you're completely not embarrassed by the fact that you had a, a, a company Correct. that failed. It's being and open and honest and all about it, things. right? Yeah, you've got to be open yeah. and honest about it. That's that vulnerability, Chris, you yep. mentioned earlier. Yep. That's vulnerability in the right way. That's not being weak and whiny about what's happened to you. Like, oh, this ha- I'm being vulnerable. I'm letting you see my, no, it's about being vulnerable in the right way. Okay. This is what happened to me. I'm being hundred percent open and honest about it. That takes some serious courage, right? Warrior courage. And then the honesty is that heart side, that lover side. So, um, you know, one thing guys, I just want to make sure we don't, we were talking about the examples to use in your business and we got down another path. So I want to make sure we get back to that so I can, is that yeah, cool? Yeah, yeah. So, because I, yeah. I I know where you're going, and that's actually where I'm headed next. I just didn't want. Uh, okay, Paul, if you're if you're good to go, I'll go ahead and go down the the seven core values path. Sure. So, yeah, I do want to get there because you did mention it too. Um, and and we do talk about core values in this company, um, and on this podcast, and within our own company, and within our own like lives. Um, mm-hmm. and I just just having a conversation with um part of our team the other day about as long as you're always making a decision a decision. Uh, with those core values in mind, we'll always support, you know, whatever you do, whether it's ends up being like the right or wrong decision. Um, mm-hmm. If it's made with the right intention and the right values, we're good to go. So I think that is extremely important. Now your concept on the sacred seven core values, I want to get into that to kind of close mm-hmm. this thing out. Cause I think we're about 50 minutes in or so. Um, okay. So are you guys good to go down that path? Yeah. I, w- I want to just touch one thing before sure. we go into that path hard. So when I was doing the, the exercise with Paul, when I gave him the three ways, yep. I want to make sure I just cover the last two. Cause the first one was warrior only, right? The second one where I was all soft and like, oh, we love you, Paul. And, you know, it was like blowing smoke. I was leading with the lover before the warrior. When we do that, it's wrong order, right? We, we you know, we, we, our defenses go up. Like you said, Chris, yeah. it's like I'm being set up for something, right? But we tend to do this in our business. We tend to want to butter somebody up or let them know we care first and then hit them with the hard news. Yeah. You can feel how that doesn't feel right. Right. The third one that I did was I came from the warrior. Hey, Paul, we made a decision. This is what has to happen. But then I supported it with the lover, with the heart. We're going to be here for you. We believe in you. We're here to support you. The difference in that is like in huge, you can feel it. So when you're talking to people in your organization, like I said, there's a time you're out on a job site. Shit, I need this right now. Get it to me. Perfectly okay. But in normal communication, if we start with warrior support with lover, doesn't matter if you're praising someone, giving someone a, a, um, a job to do, a project, or if you're firing someone. If you come from, hey, we made a decision, Paul, we're not gonna be able to work with you anymore. Now, that being said, we really appreciated everything you did, and I'm very happy to get you a refer, you know, referrals and, and help you find another job, but we just can't have you here. That's just boom, boom. It's talking man to man, like we're having a good conversation. And like I said, it works with your kids and your, you know, your spouse, your family, whoever. Because when you go to kids, we always want to butter them up first. Hey, Billy, you know, daddy loves you and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, you screwed up and now you're grounded. Right? It's wrong. Yeah. He knows he's getting set up and then we look weak. Right? So if you came from, hey, Billy, made a decision. You're grounded. Here's why. We had an agreement. If you did this, this was going to happen. Now, I really love you and this is why I'm doing it. 
And I'm here if you have any questions on what you did wrong and how to make it better. But for the next week, you're grounded. Feel that? Yeah. I feel like I've gotten into this with my kids before too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because you know what? One thing I've got four kids and they all play sports and, um, and my, you know, my two oldest daughters are both extremely talented. Like they're, you know, um, 14 and, and 20 yeah, and 20. So my middle daughter is a goalkeeper, a very tough job, you know, to want to have balls kicked at you, you know, and to get kicked in the face and all that stuff. And, and she does it. And I had to learn from my first kid, how you talk to them after a game, whether they sucked or they did good, like has to be uh, from a loving place and not like a, uh, damn, you sucked this game or, Hey, like, you know, what were you doing? Like, did you even try? And you kind of have to uh, be a little bit softer and be supportive on the positives of it too. I'm, I have a hard time with that because um, I had to take my own. Uh, it's not about me, you know, out of the equation. But what I learned from that is if you came into that conversation and this is the same way with employees. Like it's, the, it's kind of the same mentality is if you came into this with the lover side and gen, I think you can't, first off, you can't fake the lover side. Like you have to genuinely care to have that conversation for it to not sound like you're being, you know, like you're like, you're trying to just blow smoke. Um, mm-hmm. If you come from a side where you genuinely care and you can put the specifics in place like you just did, I think that's like the best case scenario, but I think that's how you treat any one kids, Amen. employees, Amen. 100%. family, whatever. Yep. Warrior lover, always support with the lover and they're going to get it. And even having those tough conversations, you know, Chris, like you're saying, we call that ruthless compassion. It takes a lot of courage to really tell somebody the truth, Yeah. right? That they need to hear. And it's tough. And as a mentor and a leader, sometimes people that are with us need to hear some of these things. And I'm not saying it like, you know, in a tough loss for your daughter's thing, but just yeah. brought that up for me. Yeah. But even, you know, that you know, your daughter's having a loss at a, at a game, it takes courage to stand up and say, hey, I'm here for you. You know that I'm, you know, I always believe in you. And boom, boom, boom. And then yep. go into the lover side. You know, you, it doesn't have to be a whole long speech on the warrior side. It could just be, you know, your, your, your presence, your being dad at that point. Hey, come here. Right. And yep. then give him a hug. That's that's warrior lover right there. Come here, give him a hug. Warrior lover. And if you're listening and you don't have that in you, that's the whole reason Eric's on here too. Is it's you do, it's not just expected that you know that how to how to handle that situation. Um, I like that. What I like that you just said that. Um, I forget that terminology you just used about. Um, I think what, what's happening is the intent is probably good. The delivery is all wrong. And mm-hmm. and that's kind of what sounds like you're sounding. You're talking or what you're saying. A hundred percent. And you know, this happens a lot with clients too. So if you guys, you know, in business, it can happen when we're talking to clients is a lot of times, especially if we own the business or in sales, there's a lot of that relentless warrior, like boom, boom, get the sale, get the sale. And, you know, and a lot of times we'll start out in emails. I get this from clients all the time. Oh my God, our emails are wrong because we're sending out this blowing smoke stuff at the beginning. And then we hit them at the end with the hard news. And then they're like, you know, they don't believe what we're saying. Get the, you know, get that stuff out at the beginning, get that worry, but support it. Hey, listen, I mean, you know, here's what we can do for you. We're going to do this, this, and this. Now, understand, we take care of our clients like family. We're going to come into your home as if it was our home. We're going to make sure that this is done in the least amount of time as possible. See what I'm saying? Like, that's the lover side. Yep. But it's just showing them that you actually care about them and who they are. That's what they want to know. Can you get the job done? That's the warrior side. And then are you going to take care of me the way, you know, I'd want to be taken care of lover side. That's good. 
I'll go ahead, buddy. I know you're I want to back up for just a moment. Um, sure. The concept of masculinity has yeah. uh, never been less popular, right? Or <laughs> dare I say even like not socially acceptable to even sure. talk about. So you're kind of, there's resistance in this message as you uh, share it with the masses. So talk to me about that and talk to me about kind of the urgency behind what you're doing. Yeah, I, that's great. And I appreciate you bringing that up because look, the one thing that I always say is, it's not masculinity that's toxic. It's not masculinity that's aggressive. It's not masculinity that is bad. There are men, and in my experience, a very small percentage of men who do bad things. So that's that limiting side of the warrior that I talked about, like the aggressive and the violent and the abusive. And that's really what led me to start the podcast because I was like hearing all these news stories and I'm going, you know, I took my own journey. I had some really amazing role models some great men that really helped me. I want to celebrate them. And what I realized is when I did this and looked at it through the lens of a warrior, a lover, a king, and a hero, and we all can step into this, to me, that became the ideal for masculinity is it's your own version of that. It's your own version of warrior, the guy from the New York Times. That's a warrior, right? But he had a passion for statistics and numbers, and he cared about people being hurt. And the fact that these other people, to, to me, that is divine masculine right there, right? That is somebody yeah. living his own truth. So there are our own masculinity. And I think that's why I do what I do because so many men come to me and they're like, dude, I'm just confused, man. I, I don't know how to tap into my warrior. I don't know how to get that beast moving. And my wife, I think she's afraid of it. And, and I don't, it's, I will tell you that every time I talk to the wife or girlfriend or something of a man that I've worked with, who was stuck out of his masculine side, out of his warrior and got him tapped into that beast. And he was afraid of what her reaction was going to be hundred percent of the time. The reaction is, Oh my God, thank God. He finally fucking stepped up. Yeah. This is what I was looking for. The yeah. right positive warrior with the lover supporting that's my King right there. Right. And so that's really why I do what I do and why this is so important. And the other side of it, and I'm going to segue into Chris when I talk about the sacred seven core values if you're living a set of core values that you live by every day and they are really solid core values, you're going to be a great leader, a great man, a great king, right? Because that's really what leads you. So my, the sacred seven that I um, espouse and talk about on my show and in my work and everything that I do, they are, and they're in a very specific order for a reason, courage, honesty, integrity, commitment, duty, honor, and love. Now, if you can live those seven every day, brother, you got it. I mean, you're there. There's no question about what kind of man you are, what kind of woman you are, what kind of mother, what kind of father, what kind of leader in your company. Courage, honesty, integrity, commitment, duty, honor, love. And you know, go ahead, Chris. I know you're going to ask something. Yeah, no, no. I, I was just um, trying to think as you're saying those things, which one match my core values. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, so what are yours? Tell me yours. So mine are uh, genuinely care. Oh, this is our, the Rhino core values, genuinely care, mm -hmm. uh, communication, uh, education, positivity, integrity. Uh, we love giving back. And then transparency is the uh, key mm -hmm. ingredient to, uh, you know, that's basically Great. one of our lover things, like good, bad, or indifferent. We're going to be transparent with each other and we're going to be good communicators. 
awesome. One thing that I would just suggest, if you're putting these in an order that you want to use, like I said, minor in specific order, yeah. just like warrior lover leads to king queen, start your core values with, you know, warrior core values. Courage is the first one that we have. Mm -hmm. And for me, if you don't have courage, you can't get anything done. You don't have courage to make a move. You don't have courage to ask someone out. You don't have courage to start your business. You don't have courage to be honest with yourself and others. You can't move forward. So mm -hmm. courage had to be the first one. It happens to be warrior. Honesty is more of a lover. And, it, and the first three on mine are internal. They're you. Courage, courage comes from you. Honesty, self-honesty. Who am I being every day? Who am I as a man, a woman, a leader, a king, a queen? Who am I? Am I being honest every day? When you have the courage to be really, really honest with yourself, that leads you to integrity. And I know you had that on yours too, Chris, and I love that. Because actually, you know, my, my, uh, my girlfriend made me a bracelet and it has integrity stamped on it because I want to remember that every day. You got one too? Yeah, look, see? Integrity. I love it. <laughs> I don't know if you can see mine. Yeah. Mine says integrity as well. Yeah. And integrity is really important because that's being the same person in private that you are in public, right? Yep. You are whole. It's, it's an elevated level of honesty. It is walking, talking, living, breathing honesty every day. And that takes a shit ton of courage. But when you're living yeah. in integrity, everybody knows what they're getting. They know you're a man or a woman of integrity. They can deal with you, but it's self first. Yep. Commitment comes next. That's a turning point because it's commitment to yourself. What am I committed to for me? Am I going to be healthy? Am I going to work on my business? Am I going to be a better family person? Am I going to spend time with my spouse, my kids? Am I going to be a better son or daughter? Am I going to be a better friend? What am I committed to myself? And then it's commitment to others. What are my commitments to the people around me? And I want to be a person of commitment. If I make a commitment, I'm going to stick to that commitment. Duty then comes to others, right? The last three are around others. So it's duty. What's my duty to the people around me, the people in my business, in my family? What is my duty to them? and honor. This was a really tough one for me, guys, because look, when I was, before I got into this, if I would see someone who was more successful than me, and as a journalist, I had to interview people regularly who were way more successful than I was. And I would be like, fuck that guy. Oh. I hate that guy. Screw him. I, you know, so he's a multimillionaire. He probably did something shady, right? All I'm doing is debasing myself because I'm just mm -hmm. seeing out there what's going on in here. When you can honor other people, truly honor them. Like I'm in awe of the stuff that you guys do. Like I can sit here and go, I have a podcast. I'm looking at you guys and how you handle yours. And I'm like, I'm in awe of how you guys do it. You do a phenomenal job. And I'm going to take some of the things that I see you guys doing and I'm going to incorporate it into my own stuff. If I see someone being an incredible father, like, if, like Chris, you're at a soccer game and I see you put your arms around your daughter at the end of a game. I'm going to go over to you and say, Hey brother, look, I saw what you did with your daughter. There. That, that is being a father. And I really just appreciate and admire what you're doing with your daughter, right? That's honoring. And when you do that, you can do it to yourself. So honor the people around you, honor the people that are working with you and for you. And then, you know, of course that leads into love, right? And, and when we were putting this together and I didn't come up with these alone, this was a group of 10 of us. I call them the men of the round table, Yep. My main mentor, another nine of us, good men from all different areas of life, came up with these and broke it down into the core, core, core. That's why we call them the core value. Yep. 
and love. And I was like, no, dude, love just sounds weak to me. It sounds girly. It sounds feminine. When I really looked at it, love is the most powerful core value you can have. Love is devastating. Love is everything. And when I interview military veterans, I will tell you when we get to this part about the sacred seven and I ask them, what is your, the one that hits you the most? I would say almost hundred percent of all the military guys, not courage, it's love. Because if you can't love your country, if you can't love the man on the left and right of you, when you're in the thick of it, you're doomed. Love has to be the thing that drives you. So that's why that one's at the end. So courage and love anchor the sacred seven. So that's, that's where we are in that. So, Boom. you know, I'll, I'll let you guys kind of give your, your comments and stuff from there. Yeah. I want to learn more about this group of men that you've assembled in your life. How does that play out in your life? How do you guys communicate? What does that look like? Oh yeah. Great. And, th- and this is something that I highly recommend every man do. Women do this naturally. Like you can talk to women. They're like, Oh yeah, I got this group of friends and we do this. Men, we don't do this enough. And, and I didn't have any really good, close male friends. I mean, you guys think in your own mind, like if you had a, a real problem, an emotional problem, something maybe with your wife, how many men could you turn to and be a hundred percent vulnerable and feel completely safe that you could do that with? You have any? Yeah. Chris. I have, mine is zero. I have this conversation. Cause I'm like, there's probably, I think if I could let my guard down a little bit, I could, but I'm so protective mm-hmm. that I, there's like a few guys I, I could for sure reach out to if I wanted to, but yeah. I'm not there yet. I'm here for well, you, dude. 41 years I, later, I'm still not there. I do. I do. I have a group of four. We call it a shield lock. So imagine locked shields. There you go. And we meet once a week, and it's very intentional that three of us are the same age, and one of us is 65 and retired mm-hmm. um, because we need that older. We need someone who's been through that. That viewpoint, right. Um, we meet once a week. It's non-negotiable, and um, it's been a, a really good blessing in my life. So, I, so I just that non-negotiable is commitment, right? Yeah. 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 Commitment. I love it. And and you see the power in having that, right, Paul? I mean, how important is that? So for me, I never had it. I joined a group. I have a mentor, uh, Rob James, love the man. He's, he's, you know, saved my life and kicked my ass sometimes at the same time. And it's other men that, that train and study with Rob and and we kind of came together and it's great having that support finally, right in my life. And it's part of why I'm doing what I'm doing. You know, the event that I'm doing in March is about, that's why it's only eight to 10 men. These are guys we're going to go, we're going to dive deep into the warrior, lover, king, hero, into the sacred seven. How do you use it to get your business moving faster? How do you do it to get your, you know, your passion up, your, 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 you know, with your wife, with your kids. But then the real purpose is now you've got a group of other men you've been through this with that you can bond with, you can get vulnerable with, you can turn to in a time for the rest of your life. You've been through this and you're there. So that's why it is so crucial to do. Well, I think we're, um, one, first off, a hell of an ending. <laughs> so thank you for that. <laughs> sure. Um, but listeners, uh, I urge you to, uh, you know, if you have, if you have values in place, I don't believe your values stay the same through the entire facet of like the entire time that you're alive, your business evolves, you evolve, things like that. So it's okay if they also evolve, maybe you add, maybe you take away. I don't know. But I love the idea of the sacred seven core values because that's something that could really like it. Hey, listen, if you're listening right now, you don't have core values. There you go. There's seven um, that you can probably build from. But 
Um, if you need also, you know, if you need help with that stuff too, this is also why we have Eric on here too, is, is um, certainly he's willing to kind of work with you and y- your team, regardless of size of company. Um, leadership is leadership and you got to make sure that you have the right people in the right seats. And sometimes they don't have all the tools they need, not physical tools, but like even mental tools. And that's where uh, I think is one of the most important tools you have to have, regardless of, of what sin- or situation that you're in. So we're going to have Eric share his contact info at the, uh, here at the, at the end. But I just want to say to you, Eric, um, one, I appreciate uh, the work you're doing. Um, man, that's good stuff. Like that is a, uh, a, 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 that's a, you're giving back um, something that can change lives, people's lives, change in how you interact with people, change the way that you can impact somebody's life. And, uh, and I just appreciate anybody who steps up and does that for any human being, male, male or female, doesn't matter. So thank you, number one, for that. Oh, absolutely. My, my pleasure. And really, I, I appreciate it. And, and I appreciate you guys giving me, you know, the, the space to be able to do this and reach the people that, you know, are, are listening to your show. Yeah, man, for sure. And so let's go ahead and, and uh, share some of the best contact info with you. And you had mentioned like um, sharing the warrior and the lover, the lover positive yeah. and limiting uh, ideals. Like what's the best contact info if somebody wanted to get any of that stuff from you or connect Absolutely. With you? So there's two things that I like to do. You know, I, I have this and it's got the warrior, the lover. It also has the sacred seven in it. So they're in there too. So make sure you grab Perfect. that. And you can go to, um, you can go to ericrogel.com. That's my site. It's, it's what I use for, you know, companies to come get me to speak. So you'll find all my contact info on there. There's a little form you can fill out, send it in, put a little comment in there. You heard about me on the show and you want me to send you the, the info. So that's E-R-I-C-R-O-G-E-L-L.com. Also, I'm on all social media and I'm the only Eric Rogel on there. So you can find me, you know, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, but LinkedIn is the one that I like to use because it's, you know, more professional and, you know, and and so you can just reach out to me on LinkedIn, connect. Um, Every time I'm on one of these shows, you know, people will reach out to me and say, Hey, Matt, I heard you on the show. I'd love to have a conversation. That's what I love doing. And, you know, it's not like I'm hiding behind anything and you're going to reach out and you're going to get like these auto responders that are going to go. No, I'm going to answer you. And I love having conversation hearing what you're all about. So don't, you know, tap into the warrior, make the decision, come find me and we'll have a conversation. I love it, man. One thing our listeners are really good at, I think is taking action. And we like, we, we push that on them quite a bit is like we, like one of our mottos is ambition without ambition without action is useless. Mm-hmm. Um, and we say it so much that, that, People are taking action and they like to reach out to us and let us know what action they've taken, which is a pretty amazing feeling. Um, before I go into this close, Paul, look like you're trying to say something. I always look like I'm trying to say something. Yeah, you no, do, I just want like to add to up our... on the microphone like you're going to talk. <laughs> I just want well, one. I'm on the edge of my seat because I love this stuff. But but two, I'm thinking about our listeners and all the feedback that you and I get about, hey, I listened to this episode and I applied this to my life or I reached out to this person and this was super helpful, whether it's e-commerce or whatever. But I just want to challenge our listeners that everything you're looking for to get you from where you are and where you want to be is inside of you, right? And I'm pointing to my chest, but I'm pointing to my brain. It's inside of you. So don't be above getting a coach, whether it's Eric or whether it's someone else, get a coach and work on you. Become the man, the person, the woman that you were intended to be, that you were designed to be. And the other stuff just adds to it. So that's all I had, Chris. That's Thank good, you. man. I'm really proud of you right now. Look at that. See, Eric? You got one. Yep. Yeah. Got, yeah. We shifted them. We moved them. You got one there. Saw some honor happening there. Some love. It was great. Exactly. <laughs> now Paul is standing <laughs> up and ripping his shirt off and banging his shirt. No, I'm kidding. We know better than that. Chris and I do have that dynamic though. He's the warrior and I'm the lover. 
And you know, we, it's interesting that you say that. And before we go, I, I get that in a lot of companies. I am the warrior and my partner is the lover. Hey, that works too, man. I've worked with companies where we, we identify who's more comfortable in which role and make sure you guys are working together because then together you become, you know, king, king, queen, two queen, whatever it is. So that's a great point. Yeah. Find that compliment to you. If you are not as comfortable tapping in, find someone who is. Absolutely. Yep. So listeners, warriors, lovers, kings and heroes podcast. If you want to check it out too, and listen to Eric, I'm obviously able to get a bunch of the stuff on there too. I'm um, just the one podcast I listen to is pretty good. Um, so yeah, man, thanks for continuously sharing. And since we're talking about uh, lovers, let's talk about uh, a review that we got in the, kind of the end of the show, Eric, we always just share a quick review um, and then I'll close out. But this is from Eric Shamrock and he said, Chris and tall Paul are the best exclamation point. Great content and entertaining. Chris, Chris is the, oh Paul, listen up real close. Turn your turn your headphones. Oh up. no, I'm. I, Chris a typo. is the real deal and is a wealth of knowledge. I I let me make sure I read that sentence again. Chris is the real deal and is a wealth of knowledge. I tell all my blue collar friends about this podcast. Keep up the great work, guys. So hey, listen, Eric, appreciate that very much. Um, Paul's probably going to cry about it afterwards, but he did say tall Paul in the beginning. So really you're kind of all in there too. I have no comment on this one. <laughs> and listen, we love getting those reviews. Obviously at the, um, if you would please uh, leave us a, a review on the podcast, if you think the podcast sucked, just act like you never heard it. Um, <laughs> sure. If you did, you probably wouldn't still be listening. So, but we are grateful for you to share this. This is one of those episodes that you can share with anybody, regardless of what they do. Um, no matter the industry, no matter the situation, like personally, whatever, you can share this with anybody and we would um, ask that you do that to help another. So Eric, appreciate you coming on. And uh, man, I can't wait to hear back from you on those that reach out to you from the podcast because I, I know that people are going to reach out to you and, and, um, and I'm excited, you know, I'm excited to be able to give that gift to them to know that you're there to help them break through this little mental shift that they can have. So again, appreciate you, brother. Oh, no, not again. I appreciate you having me on and I love your mission and, I, and what you just said about helping another man. That's what really what it's all about. We're just, we're all in this together. We all have the same story and, and we're all just, you know, on our own journey and we're helping each other along that path. Absolutely, man. Love wins. Until next time, listeners, we appreciate you guys so much. We'll see you.